Key Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network. By College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. The ASU fans home away from home. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Voted Best of Las Vegas two years in a row. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning tequila since 2011. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. 12 Valley locations serving the finest in craft beers and handcrafted burgers. Behind the Mask. Serving the Valley hockey community since 1994. OxyPow. Our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be joining us live on the Podbean app, this is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, our weekly show uh, at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, every Wednesday night, Scott Strandy from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, where it's starting to cool down just a little bit. But, Stephen, how are you tonight? Doing well, Scott. Yes, you're right. It is starting to cool down here. I think today we were a little windy and temperatures getting uh, down into the 50s. And uh, but we're doing we're doing okay. We're just kind of staying close to home, which is what we all need to be doing these days because we know what the situation we're in right now. And it's not it seems like it's not getting better right now. Although there's some good news on the horizon, but we're still dealing with the present. And uh, but but you know we're just making the best of what we got right now. How about you in Arizona? I know you're watching, you're following a, a hockey game right now, which is always exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have hockey on, Stephen. Uh, if you don't know, folks, we also cover uh, NCAA hockey and professional hockey uh, here. So uh, it's exciting for us because two of our teams in our coverage area, Denver and Colorado College, will be playing in the pod in uh, Omaha, Nebraska for the NCHC uh, start of their season. 10 games roughly in uh, 21 game in 21 days so a lot of hockey right now uh, I have the uh, start of the second period with number four ranked Denver against number three ranked Minnesota Duluth my alma mater uh, it is zero zero starting the second period but a lot of fun uh, I've gotten to know a lot of the players uh, so it, it's kind of cool to, to see them now and and see them in action finally for the, the Denver Pioneers I'm saying uh, my Bulldogs I don't uh, know a lot of them but I know some of them, so a lot of fun going on, but this is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, so we will uh, do our best to talk club hockey. It's frustrating, Stephen, because everybody wants to play, right? And, and COVID and the universities are, are trying to do the right thing and, and deal with the COVID situation. I should say COVID's not trying to do the right thing, but but the universities are trying to do it with COVID uh, uh, restrictions. And uh, it's really strange how things are going. We're going to get into that in detail a little bit, but just your thoughts on uh, the frustration level that must be brewing for a lot of our uh, ACHA uh, teams. Yeah, you know, excuse me. Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting, and when we talk about this a lot, and 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 not to <clears throat> excuse me, not to uh, 
beat it on more, but uh, I, I am starting to kind of sense, and I'm not in regular contact with a lot of the uh, the coaches right now, but but I was at the uh, UNLV three on three thing a, a couple of weeks ago, and and everyone just around there, I think they they want to be out in the ice. They feel like they can play. And if you follow some of the their social media, the the, the Twitter back and forth, they're kind of wanting a push the uh, university, maybe give them an opportunity to to play, um, you know, they see the football team is playing and they're making combinations to get the basketball going, which of course the two, the two big sports, of course, both those sports, the UNLV hasn't won a game. So of course the football game tomorrow is just, or for Friday has been canceled. So everything's kind of always changing the dynamic and people want to get out on the ice. They, they, they feel like there's a, there's a way that they can do that. Um, you know, they, you know, whatever the protocol is, they, you know, getting tested regularly. I, I, from what I understand, that the team gets regular COVID tests uh, at least once a week, maybe not more. So they, they feel like that they're they're in a position where they can they can do it safely. The other aspect is you got even if if you know we got to go ahead, you got to look at the other teams that you're you're dealing with in the WCHO, which none of them right now are in a position to play. Uh, Arizona, you know, U of A hasn't really even been able to get out on the ice at all. You know, it'll be a little bit when they're doing this three on three. Uh, ASU's a little bit. They've done a similar kind of thing with the CHEL little tournament that they did. But in uh, the other, some of the other schools, you know, they may be out on the ice still. But it's it's really an interesting situation. We we look at January as the target start for this uh, season. I I really I, I was more optimistic maybe Muscle, but I I'm not so sure that January is going to be a feasible start. You know, maybe later in January, maybe. February. I mean, I, it's possible they can start beginning of January, but but right now, this next month of um, of the COVID numbers, it's going to be a really telling thing. The other aspect to it is, if the season does start in January, I know as much as they would love to have uh, attendance, it would be very limited, if at all, attendance. I mean, what we're seeing with the vaccine is promising, going back to COVID, but those that will get it is not going to be until later in next or earlier next year. Healthcare workers. Frontline people, those that are more vulnerable, will get it first, but before everybody gets a chance to get it, so that'll still be a few months out. So we can't necessarily rely on that, uh, at least in the short term. So I, it's it's really interesting, and yes, everybody wants to play, and and there's different ways of looking at it. I mean, you're seeing what's happening in the NCAA uh, hockey; their games are happening, but you know, you're seeing a lot of shuffling. You know, you're seeing some shuffling around. You know, as we talked about previously, you know, some of these other sports, they're NFL is, you know, looking at a professional league that's that's starting up, that's been going on. That's been real interesting to see them kind of, you know, try to really squeeze it in. But it's getting pretty serious now. There's been a lot of outbreaks in some of these teams, and games have to had to get postponed a couple, few times in the week. So, I, it's it's real interesting. I mean, maybe you can't compare ACHA to the NFL because that's a diff, whole different ball game in regards to how they can operate the funds they have available to 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 keep people safe, to be able to do stuff safely be able to maybe afford to not have a, a full house of attendance for the time being. So um, I, I don't know. I don't know what the the goal was to start in, in January, beginning of January. Maybe that's still the goal. But just seeing how – there's really we're in December now. This is December 2nd. They wanted to start the season a month from now. I, I just I just don't see a lot of movement, a lot of uh, noise that would seem like we're going to be in a position to start in in uh, in a month from now, but I could be wrong. Maybe things will really go fast here. But a month away from a potential start to the season, I just it doesn't seem like there's been a lot of new movement uh, in the positive direction. So, but we'll see what happens. 
Okay, so there's so many things to unpack in just that statement or uh, uh, that you just laid out there for us. But yeah, sorry uh, about that. I was kind of some th- thoughts in my head there. We can now we can maybe no, right, we can we no, we can peel we can peel peel the uh, peel it off a little bit and break it down into into segments there. We we will peel back the onion, as they say. Um, okay, so so let me start with this right here. We had uh, Coach Frank Seratorium from Air Force last night on our NCAA podcast, um, and and I asked him a question because I said there's 61 teams in NCAA hockey right now, and they are really. I mean, I've never seen NCAA sport of any kind as confusing as what's going on in NCAA hockey. Let me lay it out real quickly. Uh, The Big Ten, for example, adopted uh, Arizona State, but Arizona State is playing all their games on the road at Big Ten sites. The Big Ten will only play within the Big Ten. The NCHC is uh, starting their season uh, last night. Uh, Games going on, as I mentioned tonight, in the pod in uh, Omaha. All the teams are in Omaha. They're all going to play there until the 21st of December. Then they're going to take a break until New Year's. After the uh, first of the year, though, they're going to go back to trying to play uh, what they call close series uh, in their buildings. So uh, Denver and Colorado College, I think they're going to play six times uh, between the two places, um, three in each building. And then they'll, they'll travel. The Denver and Colorado College teams won't travel very far. North Dakota is about as far as they're going to go. So that's a unique situation. Um, we talked about the Ivy League a couple weeks ago. They're they're not a lot of their teams aren't playing. It's just zero. They're not they're not on the ice at all for the entire year. Um, out in Hockey East, uh, it, it's coming up in the air. They they have games scheduled and they have canceled. Uh, when we talk about the ECAC, they have down to I think three or four teams is all they have left now that are actually participating and um, and playing games. And then Atlantic Hockey is kind of going on a regular schedule. So. You have my, my point being is you have all these teams that are uh, playing for a national championship at the NCAA Division I level, but there is no consistency whatsoever as far as how they're playing or who they're playing or where they're playing. So I asked Coach last night, I said, um, how do you feel about that? Because how are you going to determine uh, a true national champion this year? How are you going to qualify for the tournament this year? And, and he he laid it out pretty well. He said, well, the first thing we're going to do is try to play 13 games because that's what the NCAA has laid out is that you have to play at least 13 games uh, this season to be eligible to even go to the NCAA tournament. So that's the start. But like Arizona State now has 28 games scheduled. (laughs) So I I don't know. I just don't know how you're going to pluck it all out. Now I got off on a little bit of a tangent, but I did that for a reason because – you and I have talked about this uh, several shows about the ACHA and how it's, it's not quite as confusing as NCAA, but it's confusing because some of the conferences uh, have started. Some of the independents have started. Um, and then other conferences aren't even going to think about starting until January 1st. And I agree with you. The direction of COVID right now, Stephen, is not good. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I, I take my cue from the NHL and the AHL. And right now, um, and I'll, I'll make it again. It's been crickets for the NHL and the AHL. Well, the NHL's got some other issues trying to work out, but at least there haven't been a lot of, a lot of positive news there either. Right. It, that's exactly what I'm saying. So 
I think they're taking the ultimate wait and see approach is that they don't want to start and, and have to stop. That's the first thing. Secondly is they don't want to have to start and have COVID issues and then really have problems. And thirdly is I, I really truly believe that they're hoping to get at least a portion of their buildings filled so that they can get more revenue. And, and you, you alluded to it. The NHL and the Players Union are, are struggling right now because um, of the agreement that they signed you know, four months ago. Uh, and all you have to do is look at uh, Agent Alan Walsh's Twitter and, and you'll see everything you maybe wanted to see or didn't want to see about the potential for, for NHL and AHL hockey this season. So anyway... We, we went all the way around the circle. Now we're back to ACHA. Well, and, and that's what I'm saying is these universities um, uh, have to protect their players uh, for liability purposes. Um, I understand the players want to play. I understand that they say they're young and they can handle it, and maybe they can. Um, more than likely they can. But there's so much more to consider than just the players and the players' health. Right. I want to I want to kind of go back to a point, too, is, you know, you're talking about the mindset of these uh, different leagues or conferences. Is, you know, you're talking a lot about the NCAA hockey level. You know, it's and when you look at these these sports, you know, you and you look at what why they just what they decide to do and what they decide that they don't do. I guess a lot of it comes down to, to finances. Uh, maybe some leagues say, well, it's not feasible. It was actually going to maybe hurt us more in the, the financial column if we try to play a season than to take a season off. Like you've said, like the Ivy League is not even playing at all. And maybe they're looking at it and say, well, you know, it's what they do all this testing. We have, you know, we're not going to be able to put people in the stands. Gonna be, you know, there's going to be all this stuff with maybe quarantine, people in hotel. You know, there's just so much associated with trying to get a, a COVID type season in where it's going to be so much uncertainty and so much change that some of these, these leagues might look at and say, well, it's better maybe if we just don't play a season, maybe we can, you know, we'll eat up the whatever revenue and, and we can just try to get ready for a next a following season, which then hopefully everything will be good to go. Uh, some leagues are trying, you know, some leagues can, are trying to work it in and, and some are, are, are know that it's, it would hurt them not to, not to have at least try. So they're trying and that's what we're seeing. I think with the ACHA, it's it's a really interesting situation because it's it's obviously a lot different than the NCAA in regards to uh, finances. You know, it's not the there's not as much financial support from from the school from the schools. You know, a lot of this money is self fundraised by the different programs, and you know, and the, the players pay to play in uh, these for these teams and in, in, in all the cases. So it's it's a really interesting situation because you want you want to play. Uh, but you know that with everything that you're going to have to, there's so much extra costs associated with trying to play in these times, you know, with, with making sure things get, you know, working with the buildings you're playing to make sure things are going to be properly sanitized, make sure you have space if you got to space people out, making sure that, you know, if, if, if you're, you know, if you share a facility where there's other things going on, like, you know, UNLV has City National where there's other events going on, you got to make sure that there's, you're not booking things, you know, you got to make sure you work with them, right, to make sure there's, there's things spread out. Make sure to sanitize. Make sure if you have to space attendance, if you know, if you have to select amount of people that are going to be allowed to go in, if at all, then you have to kind of weigh all that. And it's, there's a lot of things that go on behind that are going on behind the scenes. That all that stuff costs money. And then you got to look at, at travel. And, you, and if if you travel on a bus, well, that's can be kind of tricky. I mean, if you have to make sure that everybody's going to be good to go 
I mean, if you're put a whole team on a bus, I've, I've been on those buses. It's, it can get, it can get pretty crowded. Um, so and that's just it. So, I mean, you, are you going to have to have two buses so you can have the players more spaced out or have, you know, that's going to cost more. You know, if you, if you travel and you have to stay at hotels, you might not be able to put three or four people in a hotel room. Like sometimes they, they do, you know, may have to only be able to put one or two. So they're, they're not packed into a small hotel room unless you make sure that they're all going to be negative and all in their own bubble. So it's, there's a lot of things that maybe it's, it can be easier or maybe it's, it's not as much of a challenge at what we're seeing with the, uh, Certainly, NCAA with football, basketball, some of the higher-paid sports, but certainly with hockey, they're trying it. ACHA, I think that's got to be a tougher uh, challenge, and you got to really make sure that you know you're going to be able to to once you start the season. You, you're right; you don't want disruption, so you want to be able to start the season, and you probably will have some sort of uh, shuffling around that you may have to do, but you don't want to come to a situation where it's so bad that you're going to have to cancel it or postpone because you, you get all this momentum to start, and then you. Then you have to halt and then try to start. It's, it's going to be once, once you get going, if you're going to get going, then you can get going. So, yeah, I agree. I, these teams want to start, and, and, I, and I don't blame them. You know, they want to get on the ice. They see other people playing, and they, they're not hearing any ruffling, and they, they, they start to feel like, but well, we can do this. You know, we're, we're trying to be safe and everything. And, uh, but there's a lot of factors to it that, that, I, that even just running through it in my head, it's like this is not an easy task, and, and I don't know what the solution, the proper solution is, but I'm glad I'm not in that position. We can talk about it, but I'm, I'm glad we're not in the in the positions that we have to make these sort of decisions because they are tough decisions. Yeah, I think you hit it right in the head on that. Um, I'm not going to be very popular for saying this, but uh, this is this is my opinion. Uh, I'm not getting this from anybody. I'm just taking a look around the climate uh, of the country, and I think um, a lot of teams. A lot of administrators, a lot of managers, um, owners uh, in all sports, but but we're talking hockey, so we'll just kind of refine it to hockey. Uh, I think they're all watching um, this month because uh, the experts, the health experts in the country have said, um, watch out. This is going to be really bad after Thanksgiving into Christmas and after. I mean, I heard today numerous times um, they're expecting COVID to be at its very worst in December, January, and even February. Um, so that being said, I think that's why mums the word from the NHL on down is that they, they just don't they just don't know how to make this decision because they don't want to make the wrong one. And uh, it's the same thing for ACHA. Now, here's where I become very unpopular. Um, I watch the news. I hear the reports, just like everybody else, of a uh, vaccine coming. Uh, I'm excited for that. I hope it's as effective uh, as they all say. Although, here's the catch. They're, um, they're not going to be able to vaccinate the general public um, realistically until July. I mean, let's just be honest. There's there's so many people that have to go through it. A lot of the, or one of the vaccines at least has to be a two-dose vaccine, 28 days apart. Um, you're going to have to move the vaccines. I mean, you're, you're talking about the entire country. So <laughs> when you talk about all of this going on, you uh, it, it, the unpopular statement I'm going to make is that if, if it were me and I know the vaccine's coming and I know how bad things are going to be, and I've waited this long, I would shut everything down until April 1st and, uh, and just not take any chances and hopefully uh, get the COVID under control 
and then, you know, start rebuilding and have a really good solid next year because I just can't see anything good coming out of this. <laughs> and, and that's why I say I'm going to be pretty unpopular. Your thoughts on that statement? Yeah, folks, if you want to uh, reply to Scott, send him an email to scott <laughs> at ithsw.org or tweet him oh, at I, I, IceTimeSW. I'm sure he'd love to, shush, he'd love to hear from you. Shush, we don't, we don't need that. I'm we're going to find out okay. how many listeners, we're gonna find out how many listeners we have uh, that want to respond to, to what okay. you just said there. Well, here's what I'm saying about that, though, is no. um, that there's good news on the horizon. Yes. Let's not yes. screw it up. For, for three, four months of um, self-gratification for the best part of it because it's not going to be the same. I feel bad for the seniors. I felt bad for the seniors since March. Um, but I just don't know uh, how you're going to be able to pull this off safely. And I think it's more frustrating if you give them three or four games and then all of a sudden uh, mid, mid-January the COVID cases are beyond control and the hospitals are filled up and there's no way to continue – and then you got to go to them and say, uh, sorry, guys, you know, my bad. It, it didn't go as we planned. We're shutting down the season. Because now you got them started, you got them jacked up, and now they're done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I agree with you on that front because I, I I am worried about that, that, you know, we there's a push and there's a there's a momentum to try to get the, the season started, and and maybe they, they will. Uh, but, but, yeah, what happens if, if they have to, uh, at least for a period of time, shut down the seasoning, and then you got you're right. Then the players, you know, they get their hopes up, and they're saying, "Okay, we'll get to go ahead. We're going to start playing a season." And then, and then they, and then they start playing, and then it gets gets shut down again. I don't know if it's any worse though than saying that we're not going to play a season at all. But you know, it's 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 a real balancing act, and. I'm not like I said. I don't know what the the solution is. I, 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 you know, part of me feels that way too, Scott. I think if if we don't, if we just kind of put all our resources in for for next season, um, but there's also other aspects to it too. You've got you know you got these 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 players for these teams, especially at the uh, club, ho- club college level, club hockey level, whatever it is, and. They don't, their window of playing is so small as this. Maybe they can get an extra. Maybe the ACT would give them extra year of eligibility. But what if these players are already at their end of their schooling, and you know there's no more classes for them to take, or they want to move on with their, and, and so they're going to miss out on a whole season, you know. And and not that the majority of ACHA players end up going into the professional ranks. We obviously see that in occasion. But what if not playing a, you know, not playing any sort of hockey for a year, and if you're trying to put yourself out there for getting to the next level of hockey and that and you get to play for a whole year, that kind of sets you back too. So you always, so maybe you'd want to have some sort of attempt to, to play. Uh, but yeah, if, if they start and they have to stop, that's a tough situation too. So uh, again, I don't know what the, what the right solution is, but I would like to see him at least try to make an effort to, to get something in. Um, I, I think it can be done. Uh, I don't know what how they right the numbers aren't looking good, but you've seen some of these other sports trying it. And again, ACHA is a, a little bit different. But um, uh, what would be an interesting test was the NBA season is going to start in this month, and we're going to see how that goes for these first few months. You know, the NBA is going to try to give it a go and and start up the season in December, and and uh, we'll see what happens. Now the NBA may be a little bit 
different because the the contact of basketball is a little, a little bit less than than hockey because uh, or maybe it's more I don't know because you're kind of right at bottom but I don't know but it's it's really uh, um, I, I I agree with you on some aspects but I really would like to see them try to get something in um, but yeah I mean you watch the news and the numbers aren't good right now so it's it's okay. tough to say. So- so let me let me uh, not try to convince you because I don't want to do that, but uh, I just want to show you the opposite side. Uh, I don't think it's the players and and the referees and the team managers. I think those are relatively safe people. I think what the concern is, and this is my concern, looking at it from you know thirty thousand feet up, is that. We're talking about if this gets out of control in the general public and hospitals um, get past their max point and they can't take any more patients. Um, let, let's let, let's just play this in a hockey mode and God forbid this would ever happen, but I've seen it happen. Um, what if you have uh, a severe injury? You have a hockey player that gets, uh, I don't know, he gets hit from behind into the boards and he's got a neck injury. And they come out to take him to a hospital, and it's, it's considered life-threatening. And they get him in the ambulance, and there's no hospital to go to. Um, what about that? Uh, what about the guy that gets a severe skate cut and uh, needs to be treated at an emergency room, and there aren't any emergency rooms available because they're filled up? Um, what if that happens? What if you have a guy that has a compound fracture, breaks his leg in a couple of places and needs – uh, serious medical attention. What do you do then? What if there's no space? So my, my point being is, and that's the that's the way out there, worst case scenario situation. But from everything I'm hearing right now is people are saying like, hey, let's just buckle down for the next three to four months. And then the vaccine will hopefully be in full swing. And then we can get going with the rest of our lives. Um, I mean, it's not like, that, that COVID just started. It, it, we've been dealing with this for eight, nine months now almost. So uh, it, I just think it's a smart move to to err on the side of caution because we're so close to a vaccine. If they're going to tell us that the vaccine doesn't work or we're not going to have it for another two years, okay, then the risk is out there. Then take your chances. But um, I just think you don't need to take chances right now. And I think if we've made it this far, um, Let's just tough it out for another three months, maybe four months, and then let's do it right. Okay, that's I'm right. off my soapbox. My, well, my and- phone is buzzing. I've got to go now. I've got a whole bunch of text messages. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> and and the and the uh, yeah, that's an aspect too that I think that you know you don't really th- you don't really think about. You, you hear about the hospitalizations from COVID, and you, and you see these these hospitals are reaching capacity in a lot of a lot of areas, and, and we don't. I guess we don't think about enough that there's other there's other conditions that arise. I mean, people still get uh, break break bones and you know hurt get hurt otherwise. You know, they still have to go for checkups and stuff. And and yeah, what ha- I guess good point on you, Scott, is what happens if if you play and somebody gets a a serious injury or something happens that requires uh, a medical attention and there's no hospital space for them and and so is it worth that? So that's that's a good point there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, well, and, and Steven, I didn't look at when I brought that up, that was, uh, what I just thought about like over the last couple of hours before the show, as I was doing, uh, my show prep to, to, to talk about this, but 
Uh, I thought about that at a personal level. I mean, I think about, um, you know, I, I'm not a spring chicken. I'm not going to kid anybody. Uh, what happens if something happens to me? What if I were to, God forbid, have a stroke or, or a heart attack and I couldn't get into the hospital to be treated because there was no rooms, there was no place, or, or almost as bad, what if they, they had to treat me in a tent outside of a hospital? I mean, uh, it, there's just so many scenarios. So uh, uh, my, my personal feeling is we need to get through this, and if that vaccine is coming and it's really going to work, and people are able to get it and take it, then you know what? Then let, let's do it. I mean, it, it's not any fun. None of this has been fun. But you know what? You and I started in March, Stephen, and we talked about what were we going to do in the summer months for conversation. Guess what? It's December now, my friend, and we've had conversations every Wednesday night. So life will go on. Uh, sports will go on. But uh, it's time to, to consider doing something safely. Yeah, right. And and that's a real good point. I mean, we've made some, you know, even though it doesn't look, look like it, we've made a lot of progress from when we started from March to now. And, you know, it's, I, it's really concerning to me. And I'm really careful my words here. I don't want to make this too much of a political thing because I, I tend to do that. But is I – We've made so much progress, and we we get promising news about the vaccine, which seems like it's come in record time. Which is great credit to those that were involved in, in doing that, and and uh, they should get that credit. And yet, now is the time where we really need to. The problem is, is that people are so fatigued of COVID, as you know, we, as we all are. But as they said, the virus is not fatigued of us. And the virus is is really using the opportunity to 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 get around as people are kind of just saying, ah, you know, we've eight months of this, you know, just gonna take my chances. I want to be with my family for the holidays. I want to go do this. I want to, you know, I want to go eat in a restaurant and and just get out of the house, you know, and and all that's understandable behavior, but all that can you know lead to to what we're seeing now, and and that's what we're seeing. Um, my concerning thing is there's not a lot of, um, it seems like not everybody's on the, the same page as we've talked about on, on the hockey end, but just from the, from a perspective of, you know, what, what we should do. Some, some places are, are very aggressive and there's been pushback. Some are maybe not aggressive enough and, and, and there's been pushback there or, or somewhat aggressive. It just, it seems like some want to be, do this, some want to do this. We should all be trying to do maybe a, a same, similar thing, at least for the time being, and see if that works. Because people still are traveling, even though they advise people not to travel. People, you know, are just saying, ah, you know what? Our elected officials said this, and some some say do this, and then they they don't. And the part of it is the elected officials will say something, and they'll do something else. If you, there's been cases in California, for example, there are people really fed up there because the the governor there and and some of the health people. Um, say, okay, we're going to restrict this, we're going to restrict this. And then they get caught going out to a restaurant when they said it's not safe to go to a restaurant. And people look at situations like that and people like are like, well, what's this? You know, and, pe- and people are just, and that just makes it worse. So I don't know. I, I, I f- walked a fine line there. I'm going to stop there before I get too much <laughs> into the political battle. But uh, I, I wish just people would, if we were all going to be on the a same similar page, then we, I think we would be in a more, better position as we talked well, about before 
Okay, we're going to take a, a break here in just a minute, and then we're going to come back and talk a little more hockey-related things. But uh, I want to end this segment, Stephen, on, on the standpoint that uh, I understand what you're saying with the politics. I, uh, You know my feelings. Uh, I'm going to keep them off the air, but my feelings are what they are. Um, forget about politics. Uh, forget about everything except just look at your healthcare workers. Look at the tremendous stress that they're under. Look at your hospitals. Look at your your, your medical professionals. Think about uh, the firemen and the ambulance and the EMTs and all those guys and, and women. Uh, that's where you need to focus on, right? Forget about everything else. As soon as they are in a comfortable position, okay, let's go back to start doing what you want to do and take your chances. Um, I just think it's totally irresponsible as a country to to not think of that because you're not going to uh, be concerned with that until you need those services. And if you need the services and they're not there, it's too late. So you better start thinking about it now. You better start figuring out uh, a way to control this. I mean, I've heard so many stories of people, young and old that have gone through this, um, just hockey people. I I know two uh, pretty prominent hockey people that have had COVID and have said, hey, you know what? I didn't think it was that serious. It's no joke. Uh, it, it was tough on them. One of them was a, a general manager of a junior hockey team that uh, I, I know fairly well, and, and he said it was the worst two weeks that he'd ever spent. Um, and I can throw back to, to what I said. When I had H1N1 in 2008, it was, it was awful. It was the worst that I'd ever encountered. So I, I get it. I also get the people that are fatigued, but again, this is, you know, from what everybody's saying, all the experts are saying, this is maybe three, four more months of putting up with it to get a lifetime worth of good things. So I know it's, it's like running a, it's like running a 26 mile marathon and you tire out and you stop at the 23rd mile, you know, where it's like three right. miles away and, right. you, and you give up. You're like, you're almost there. Just push. Can you push for three more miles? You know, if you have to go slow, go slow, but you're so close, you know, right. and you go 23 miles and some would say we you went 23 miles. That's good in itself. So we've made it eight months and it's good. But at this, at this situation, we're, we're almost towards the finish line. We got to power through. So we and, can and there's the something good line. at the finish line. You right. know, that's the thing. That, there's that, a vaccine. There's yes. full arenas. There's concerts again. There's you know sports that we all love. Exactly. But we can go to parties. We can we can do everything that we love to do as as a, as a civilization, as society. And uh, I understand that people want that now, but you know if we will have that, you know people think that it's never going to come back. We'll it will come back. We will people even though you know people again people say that oh. They, that people are doing this on purpose. They want us, you know, whatever. And but it, there's a. They don't want no. We all of us want these. We all want to be able to do these things that we love, but which is it's not possible uh, to to get forty thousand in a place right now, or to get gather shoulder to shoulder with people. But we will get there, and a vaccine yep. will help with that. But we are right. We we got to get to that finish line. So we got to power through those last three or four miles of this marathon, and and hunker down and and get ready for for that. Okay, let's take a quick break. Let's hear from some of our partners, and then let's come back and and let's break down. Uh, We'll start with the women first, because I know you got a a newsletter today that you can give us a little insight on, and we'll go from there. We'll start with the women and kind of just break down what we do know about teams uh, in the WCHL. We'll be right back in about three minutes. 
When looking for a place to continue your education, think of the boxes that Maryville University checks off. Big city access, Maryville is located in the St. Louis suburbs. Small school feel, Maryville's average class size is less than 15. Vibrant campus, Maryville is the second fastest growing private university in the country. With over 3,000 undergrad students on campus and more than 10,000 online, Maryville University is able to provide a cutting-edge, robust learning experience for the 21st century. From the sciences to education to business and more, our undergrad and graduate programs promise an individualized, hands-on experience that is truly crafted for today's student. For more information on our campus life programs, admissions, or more, visit our website at maryville.edu. Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your prime with M-Drive. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, 
smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player, or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Your hometown hockey team, your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions, your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Maryville University and the Maryville University Saints uh, hockey program. We are uh, excited to have them on board. Uh, we are excited to have Stephen Marsh on board. Uh, both of us uh, uh, talking club hockey as we do every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. So, okay, Stephen, we did the hard part, right? We talked about the COVID, and uh, I gave my personal opinion, and uh, – I've been getting hate mail nonstop for the last 20 minutes. So <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, folks. I haven't actually gotten that. But uh, that's just my opinion. I know everybody has their opinion, and that's great. Uh, that's what uh, American uh, – the United States, that's what it's made of is your own opinions, right? So right. Um, we don't want to hold them back. But I teased before we went to the break that you were going to tell us a little something about uh, ASU women's hockey. I know you saw the newsletter today. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's happened at ASU. I know they were playing games in their normal practice time slot, and they were on YouTube and, and trying to be as normal as possible. What's new? Well, that that pretty much sums it up. Uh, the, the newsletter just talked about uh, their – the. The women's team, which is it's their newsletter, they uh, they of course just finished the CHEL championship, uh, the, the little tournament that they did, uh, as well as the men did at, at Oceanside there, and uh, the white team won that. Uh, so congratulations to them, and also talked about them having a little uh, the team friendsgiving that they were able to enjoy a meal together. Some of the team was at least before uh, the Thanksgiving Day holiday, and after Thanksgiving now they're. Classes are going to be online for the rest of the semester, so they'll they'll do that and have their final exams, and then you know then they'll come back January and we'll, and we'll see what where things are at that point. So uh, that's pretty much it for the, uh, the women's team. But we're seeing that a lot of these t 
teams are doing other things, and I'm sure we're going to get to each one, but that's it for the women's uh, ASU team. Don't know much about what's happened with the men other than they finished up the CHEL thing as well. So, Yeah, it's a waiting game uh, for the men's side of it, but uh, the other women's programs, of course, University of Utah, you talked about them a little bit last week, uh, but uh, some of the coaching staff up there. Uh, also right. with Grand Canyon, mom's been the word uh, – really tight-lipped over there because of the fact that uh, the university is just not allowing them to, to really do anything except maybe have some team meetings. So it, well, it's, everybody's waiting for January to see what happens. And my fingers are crossed that something good happens. There was, yes. And let's talk about GCU real quick. There was an article on their website about uh, something off the ice that they were able to participate in. The men and the women's team uh, were able to help with, the, of course, with Thanksgiving being last week. And a lot of this time of year, a lot of people are struggling for meals, and, and, and there's a need for that. Uh, they were able to help with that. Um, so here's what Danny Roy said in the, in the article here. He said, we are, who's the head coach and runs the GSU program, he says, we are trying to come up with things that we could do for a team-building activity while still maintaining social distancing. And one of our student leaders suggested putting together a food drive. So that's uh, what they did. You know, with COVID making things so difficult on families economically that they might not even have a Thanksgiving, and knowing – that St. Mary's, which is what they, uh, St. Mary's Food Bank uh, on West Thomas Road in Phoenix, that's where they, they helped with, uh, needed donations. It made no, uh, sense to do something like this and help people in need. It took no time at all for the women's hockey players to get on board, and it wound up a total program effort. Again, that's a quote from Danny Roy from this article that's on the GCU Club Sports website. Um, so it's let me just read from, a little bit from this. It, it was by the teams, uh, was spanned several days, yielded over 100 pounds of food, um, so that's something that's, uh, great that they were able to do off, off the ice is a little bit more about what they were able to, to do. But, uh, so GCU being able to, to at least get together and have this sort of opportunity to, um, give some food and help with these food banks, uh, with the St. Mary's food bank in Phoenix on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So that was uh, nice for them. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course we know what UNLV has been playing their three on three, uh, not sanctioned by the university, but just a three-on-three tournament that a lot of their players, some former players, and and others have been participating in. So it's good that they've been able to do something. I know the championship weekend is this weekend, correct? That is correct. Yes, Friday. Uh, if everything goes forward, it's, of course, they just tweeted out earlier today that there was that was still the case. Friday night, uh, semifinals will be at seven. Uh, the finals will be at eight forty. Uh, people can can show up. I don't know what maybe well they'll probably be restricted, of course. But if people do want to come, I think they'll probably allow some people in and, and give a donation to UNLV uh, to, to hockey in Southern Nevada. Some of it will go to UNLV, I'm sure. And if you can't, you can. It will be streamed on YouTube. Uh, Dana Lane, who does the UNLV hockey games during the season, he's been doing these these three on three skates, uh, these little three on three matchups on his channel, and uh, it's a there's a link on on the UNLV page. Uh, when it starts, also the Vegas 3-on-3 three three Elite Twitter page, Vegas 3v3 Elite uh, Twitter, um, and you can follow that action there. Um, so if people want to check out a little hockey there, uh, they can do that on Friday night from City National. Okay, and then if we go down uh, from me anyway, we go down I-10, about 130, 40 miles to uh, University of Arizona. Everybody knows uh, the situation with ice in Tucson. It just uh, – currently is not a good situation. So uh, Coach Berman and his team have been doing uh, dry land activities until there are no more dry land activities to do. (laughs) They've been been trying a little bit of everything. We joked about it last week about the badminton tournament. 
They've been doing uh, a lot of running, a lot of different things outside, a bunch of team building things that they could do, um, you know, socially distant with their masks and all that stuff. So um, everybody's fighting through this. And, and I, I, I'm used this statement all this week on the podcast, Stephen. I said, I'm so proud of NHL and AHL and NCAA and ACHA and just hockey in general because um, they really tried to be as, as uh, COVID restricted as they could, but yet still get something done, whether, like you say, a food drive or a team bonding event on a, uh, on a soccer field or a three-on-three three, uh, three, through uh, the creativity of, a, of an arena. Uh, everybody's really done a good job about it. And I just hope, and I have my fingers crossed when I say this, that these next three months doesn't turn into chaos because uh, everybody wants to get on the ice and play their games because we already know that. Uh, we do, and there is a nice article that was written last week in the Arizona Daily Star about the U of, uh, U of A, the University of Arizona uh, programs, sort of their uh, ride for this last year where it sets up where the season ended, at the, the coming off this high of, of winning, the, uh, you know, winning the Cactus Cup against Arizona State and winning you know, the WCHL, and then, of course, when things started to shut down and re- receiving the news that uh, – activity on the campus was going to be halted. Then, of course, learning the, the tournament and the ACHA was going to be canceled and then kind of what the summer's been like. And now as they've tried to get back out on the ice, as you mentioned, not really being able to, to skate because there's not a lot of ice and some of the things that they've been able to do off the field and or off the ice and on, the, on dry land. And so it kind of takes you through that whole thing. So if people want to kind of read that, it's the Arizona Daily Star. Uh, there's a link also on the ACHA website to this article. So it's uh, it's – Gives you kind of an in-depth look at what they, what they went through and what they've been trying to go through now as they're trying to get back and resume sort of sort of hockey activity. Some things that they've been able to do, like Zoom meet, meetings and and doing off off the ice stuff. So, uh, to socially distant and all that stuff. So, uh, people can check that out if they want. Arizona Daily Star article on that. Okay, and if anybody wants to know, the score is two-one in favor of Denver uh, over Minnesota Duluth after two periods. Uh, Denver really taking it to my Bulldogs who played last night as well. So uh, who knows what's going to happen in the exciting third period. But uh, as the people in Duluth like to say, we got them right where we want them. (laughs) (laughs) Trailing one nothing going into the third, it's usually a Bulldog period. But we'll see. Uh, Denver is is a very skilled team and and working hard. Uh, We also know that the uh, the Team USA uh, World Junior uh, preliminary roster has been put together, and um, we have a Denver University and a Minnesota native. Imagine that, Bobby Brink is uh, is uh, been selected to participate. So he'll play just three games in the pod, and then he'll move on to uh, to the qual or to the training camp, I guess you call it, for uh, Team USA World Junior. So and we should mention for- and we should yeah. mention too, uh, Brendan Brisson, the Golden Knights' first round draft pick from this past uh, su- this past year. Uh, is also going to be on that, I believe, for World Junior. I believe so, you're correct. So I believe fair. you are correct. There you go. Uh, so lots of stuff happening. Like I said, uh, uh, I know my co-host on Tuesday night, Paul Hornstein, was uh, jacked up with uh, NCHC coming up because he's going to get two at least two games a day, every day except Monday for the next three weeks. So um, 
Paul's not getting anything done except watching hockey. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad thing. It's like it's, it's like back in uh, back in August or was it September or whenever we started the NHL right. season, we start there was games all day long for like two right. two weeks for you know from nine a.m. to like nine p.m. at night there was games, so it was hard to get anything done during that time frame. Luckily, a lot of people were still at home and couldn't really go anywhere, so it made for a perfect situation. <laughs> yeah, once you lock people in their rooms and they can't get out. Great time to put hockey on. <laughs> yep. in, all, in all seriousness, Stephen, uh, last week's show was great. We had a chance to tell everybody uh, what we were all thankful for as far as doing this. Uh, I know that you guys have uh, been under a lot of strain. When I say you guys, I'm saying you and, and Paul and, and, of course, Terry and uh, Zach and uh, Seth uh, and Robert for all the work that uh, we normally try to do. And we've been hand-struck, uh, hand-strung, I guess, hamstrung that's what i'm looking for we've been hamstrung as far as what we can do because we just can't get in and out where we'd like to be and uh i appreciate certainly your patience at dealing with this because like you said we do know that there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel and we know that tunnel is probably uh three or four months long and then things are going to start to, to change again so um how long it takes to get back to quote unquote normal i have no idea but I think we will get closer and closer day by day. Um, so let's just stay safe and get through the uh, ah, the next 90 to 120 days. I, I like to say that because that seems attainable. When you say months, it seems like it's a long time. But you know what? We can do anything for 90 days, right? Yeah, 90 days. That, that doesn't seem too bad. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to sell that to ourselves, folks. Neither, neither one of us believe it, but we're both trying to tell ourselves that. So, uh, no, but yeah. uh, you know, it's 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 really interesting though that that we're already in we're in December, and and I I want to you look back at when all this was going down back in Feb, late February March when COVID really started to 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 really hit its course, and everything seemed so far we like we were like. All wanted 2020 to be over with because we, we knew that you know 2021 was hopefully going to be better. We knew this all this whole year and all the disruption, you know, all the things that we come to, to enjoy about uh, in a year was going to be disrupted. So we were already looking forward to 2021. But in March and April, it seemed so far away, you know. And, and we, like you said, we we did shows even through all that, and it just. It seems such a long way to get even to the fall when we thought maybe there would be some hockey. Obviously, there's not as much as we thought, you know, as as, it, as maybe we thought once thought it would be possible, seeing how COVID hit its course. And then now we're now we're into December now, and it's like wow, it's like all this time that's passed by, and we're already in December, and yet there's still so much more we've got to get through. But it's like it's like it's it's amazing how how fast the time goes we always say it goes by fast now there was times it didn't go by fast enough it seemed but now you look back and it's like and that goes back to what you were saying earlier we've made so much progress and and we've we've come to this point and we've just got to hang in there for another three months which you know sounds like far away but 30 90 days maybe 90 seem, days there you 90, go. Days 90 days doesn't seem so so bad and uh so yeah, it's it is amazing though, uh, and and I'm excited for 2021. I I have a feeling it's going to be uh, a good year, and maybe even we have to even even consider the year after that will even be better than that because everything. Hopefully, I mean 2021 is going to be great, 
but it's not, you know, 2021 20, is still going to start off probably with a lot of these, you know, restrictions and, and COVID still going to be part of it. So, you know, we may get to enjoy the second half really fully, but then 2022, we really will get to enjoy hopefully full blast and everything back to quote unquote normal and we'll be ready to go. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's where the things stand right now. Well, I can tell you one thing in Arizona, everybody's going to be really thrilled for August of 2022 because that's when the new uh, ASU uh, arena is scheduled to uh, open its doors. Uh, they still have to break ground, <laughs> which we thought was going to happen last month. Now it's been moved to January, but it has been approved. So uh, hopefully that won't delay the construction much. But uh, if they can get in, in in 2022 to start the season, uh, all of this uh, will be well worth it. So. All and I then, can say is, and then here, and then here, and then here in 2022, the the Henderson Event Center, where the Silver Knights will eventually play their home games, should be done by then too, and they'll play there. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully they, they'll play a season this year. That'll be at the Orleans. Following season will be, but then 2022, uh, I think the, the the new arena should be built in Henderson, and we'll be ready to go there. So uh, that will be exciting there too. So much to look forward to in the year and year. Or two to go even further beyond that we just again we got to buckle through this time and and just uh get through this time and then there's some good things on the horizon all right so let me do a little housekeeping here we have a new partner on the uh the corporate partner side we added nchc.tv and nchc so welcome aboard to them they will be doing uh, some regular stuff uh with us as far as our corporate partnership goes so Happy to have them on board. Sunday night, of course, we're back with College Hockey Southwest Live, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. And there's going to be a theme to this, folks. Monday night, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, Tuesday night, College Hockey Southwest Weekly, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. And, of course, Wednesday night, Stephen and I join you with Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. So as I like to say, Stephen, as I like to say, Stephen, uh, let me get that out, the professional talker said. <laughs> Uh, we call it the the quad pod of hockey podcasts. How do you like that? I like that. Did you come up with that on your, on your own, Scott? Yeah, that was me. Quad pod oh. of hockey podcasts. We give you prime time hockey podcasts live. You can't get them anywhere else, so tune in. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, do that. Uh, you can get them on download anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, I think I've got all of that out of the way, so all I can say from here, folks, is Mask up, stay socially distant, uh, keep those gatherings to a minimum. Do your part so that we can have everything we love back again sooner rather than later. Take it away, my friend. Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey has presented Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Also brought to you by Verizon, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business that America has been waiting for. Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey, come to Greater St. Louis and get a first-class education and a first-class hockey experience. Caesars Entertainment, wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars Resort across the U.S. or worldwide. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. By OxyPow, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat 
than to actually eat it. By summer skates, doesn't matter what season, we still like to keep our drinks cold, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes, go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. The University of Arizona and by M-Drive, presenting partner of what drives you, M-Drive in the morning, relax at night, our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Behind the Mask, in the net, up at the ice, or in line, serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. Maryville University and Maryville's Hockey's Club Hockey, Southwest Weekly, and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and are available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app, just ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. All right, very well done, my friend. Uh, score update, Denver 1, Minnesota Duluth nothing. Uh, 15.08 to play in the third period as we give you the live update. Stephen and I will be back next Wednesday. Join us, as I said, for the Quad Pod of Hockey Podcast, 7.30 p.m. Sunday through Wednesday. Get all of the uh, hockey news that you want, college and professional, from the Southwest. Stephen, have a good night. Be safe. Wear that mask. Stay socially distant. Do all the things we need to do, okay? Yep, absolutely, Scott. It's always a pleasure being on with you. We'll look forward to doing it again next week. All right, we say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro.